0: Heads up! If you're listening to this episode, there might be some changes to the resources that are shared or talked about. Health promotion has moved to university
1: recreation and no longer exists as The Well. Check out Season 2, Episode 1 to learn about these changes or visit JMU UREC's website. Hi there! Welcome to Well
0: Dukes, brought to you by The Well. Each week, you'll hear conversations from a variety of JMU staff and students that we hope challenge what you know, think, or do in regard to your own health and helps you be Well Dukes. Hello, everyone.
2: Welcome to the second episode of the Well Dukes podcast. In today's episode, we will be discussing self-medication and self-care. I'm Mindy Fabrizio-Kuhn, and I'm the Assistant Director for Alcohol and Other Drug Abuse Prevention at The Well. Back when I was an undergrad, no one called me Mindy. After the first week of classes my first year, I became known as Fabs, thanks to my peers at the campus TV and radio stations, and maybe because of my cool last name. Uh, Today, I'm so happy to be joined by two individuals that I greatly admire. I'll let them introduce themselves.
1: Thank you for joining us. My name is Paige Allen-Hawkins, and I serve as an alcohol and other drug early intervention specialist in the well. I work most closely with our program called Reflections.
0: Uh, Hi, my name is Dr. Magley Latum. I'm pronouncer she, her, hers. I'm a staff psychologist and outreach coordinator at JMU's Counseling Center. And I've been at the center um, since 2015, so I'm actually gonna be starting my sixth year here. And I provide um, direct clinical services to JMU students, as well as coordinate our outreach programming and social media platforms. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being
2: here and thanks for everybody joining in to our podcast today. Uh, Just to get started, Paige, I'd like to begin with you what is self-medication? And when could self-medication become problematic for someone?
1: Sure, self-medication happens when we turn to prescription drugs, illegal drugs, or alcohol in response to a difficult situation. When we feel stressed, angry, overwhelmed, anxious, uncomfortable, it's natural to seek a solution. We want to feel better, When we believe that alcohol or other drugs is the best short-term solution. We could be setting ourselves up to experience substance abuse and related consequences. We may also be at risk for experiencing dependency.
2: You know, that's definitely a lot to take in. Magley, in the Counseling Center, is self-medication something that is relatively common among students using and seeking supports there?
0: Mm -hmm. We definitely have seen um, students who um, come to the Counseling Center who have either tried self-medicating or who are currently still self-medicating. And what we've seen is that um, it is, like Paige was saying, a a way that they're trying to cope with either um, negative emotions or um, difficulty with sleep um, or even um, as a way to help them feel like they can connect more easily to others uh, or um, deal with boredom uh, sometimes. Um, And um, I think when they do reach out to the Counseling Center, they're realizing that it's not working the way that they were hoping it would, or it's actually causing them um, continued problems or other problems have popped up because of um, self-medicating.
2: Could you tell us a little bit more about what supports the Counseling Center does have
0: available for students? Yeah, we have um, a variety of different services that ranges from individual therapy, so one-on-one counseling. Um, we also provide uh, group counseling and we have specialized treatment programs um, that are evidence-based. And um, the focus of those treatment programs are to teach specific skills, whether it's to, um, it's to learn how to Um, practice self-compassion, specific coping um, skills uh, to better manage anxiety, social anxiety. um, And I'm trying to think, we have a new one actually on um, how to better cope with um, COVID-related anxiety or all of the social justice um, incidents that have occurred um, over the summer.
2: That sounds like some really wonderful supports available for our students. I I really appreciate the work uh, the Counseling Center does for our our campus community. Uh, Paige, if you could, uh, could you share with our listeners a little more about the Reflections program and also if self-medication is something that's relatively common for participants? Sure, of
1: course. Um, Reflections is a one-on-one early intervention program typically for students who want to explore the role of alcohol or cannabis in their life. It's an opportunity to meet one-on-one with a facilitator um, where we provide a space where students can be authentic, where they can think about when they choose to drink or when they choose to smoke. What are their intentions? What are their expectations? And so in that realm, often, Many students will talk about their intentions being to feel more confident, to feel socially outgoing, to feel a little less filtered perhaps, or a little less guarded when they are in a social environment. So their intentions are very positive when they describe those in relation to alcohol or cannabis. Unfortunately, Sometimes the experience that a student may have does not align with their intentions. The experience may be negative consequences as a result of their use. It may be experiencing more anxiety or adding to stressors that already exist in their life because alcohol or cannabis has interfered negatively. So it does sound like self-medication is something that
2: is relatively common for students um, as they might be facing a variety of stressors in their lives. It's definitely uh, an important topic to be addressed. And considering our current environment, I'm wondering what observations either of you have had in regards to how the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted self-medication. And, you know, we can think about that on an individual level and even more broadly in our society.
0: I think all of the um, research that's been coming out is saying that there has been an uptick in overall substance use. Um, And it does seem that part of that increase in use um, has been Um, ways people are trying to manage all of the uncertainty and stress, boredom um, that is um, happening um, due to all the unknowns um, that has occurred with the pandemic, um, but also due to um, the social isolation.
1: I agree. And one thing that I have really felt tuned into is that the alcohol industry specifically um, seems to have advantage of this global health crisis and they have pivoted quite a bit of their marketing to reflect social distancing, self-isolation. Um, they The industry tends to do a good job normalizing self-medication, normalizing relying on alcohol or another substance to cope, to feel better. So if Um, Just in preparation for this podcast, I started looking into a little bit of that and finding messages like a bottle a day keeps the boredom away and fourth bottle of wine quarantines going fine. Um, I've seen commercials where individuals are in their bathrobe drinking um, and it's being very normalized and glorified, perhaps is a better word to use. Um, That that type of behavior um, is not only normal, but is acceptable right now. so I think that type of messaging, while sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it's not, can reinforce um, the experiences that we have and and the choices that we may make. It certainly
2: is interesting to, you know, take a look at some of the research coming out and, and seeing the impact on substance use rates with all individuals, you know, not just the college population. And also thinking about how this is being used by marketing companies to maybe normalize this aspect of of life and turning to a substance to navigate life during a pandemic. And thinking about the times we're in, I, I often myself think about self-care because I think that can be very important, especially in turbulent times. Magali, what are some important considerations when it comes to self-care?
0: Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think the first thing that I would want to stress is that self-care is not selfish. It's necessary to stay physically well as well as emotionally and mentally well. Um, And um, to also be able to support the loved ones in our lives. Um, Sometimes there's uh, almost like a stigma around uh, self-care that um, for some reason it's going to get in the way of taking care of others, but it's actually the reverse Um, because if we don't take care of ourselves, we're more likely going to feel burnt out and we will feel irritated or not want to be with our loved ones um, when they're struggling. And, um, The other piece about self-care is that it's more than just doing an activity that makes us feel good um, or distracts us in the moment from negative or painful emotions. Um, The reality is um, self-care tends to be an intentional practice um, that is meant to um, hit different um, dimensions of wellness. Um, So that includes our physical self-care, our emotional self-care, mental self-care, our financial self-care, and spiritual or religious self-care. And then relationally, how are we connecting to others? Um, I think self-care has been sized in such a way that people think it's I'm going to treat myself to the spa or I'm going to go shopping or I'm going to binge watch Netflix and those actually um, are not great examples of self-care um, because if it's more towards uh, that distracting or numbing um, it's not going to help you long term um, and sometimes you know if um this is just one example, but we can actually cause ourselves more stress if we do those kind of activities, like going on a shopping spree, but not being mindful of our financial (laughs) situation. Um, Again, not good self-care. And so definitely wanna kind of um, challenge uh, the view of what self-care has become um, in our day-to-day conversations. The other consideration around self-care is to keep in mind that self-care is highly individualized. And so what may work for your friend, a family member, may not work for you. And that's okay. Um, And sometimes it is, um, you know, trying different things and figuring out what actually works for you knowing that that may change depending on the types of stress that are occurring to you or just um, the stage of your life. Thank you for sharing all of that. I think there was a
2: lot of uh, good information that you presented because self-care can often be considered more materialistic and like buying something or those aspects that maybe aren't contributing to our internal wellness with that being considered and not the same things work for each individual. There are a variety of things. Uh, Paige, if I could go back to you for a moment and thinking about if a student maybe sees using a medication kind of as a self-care activity in their mind, are there, is there anything we would want them to know or, or what would be some things that would be helpful for that person to maybe consider?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a great question, and as I was just listening to Magalie, I was thinking how fortunate our students are to have providers at JMU who care so passionately about their success and their well-being, and that we have very intentionally created spaces on campus where students can safely explore for themselves um, there's self-care that they believe is in their best interest. And so I think what first comes to mind for me, Mindy, is that I would, would want students to learn about the resources that are available on campus. To perhaps um, step outside a comfort zone and learn more about the services in the Counseling Center and learn more about reflections um, and find themselves potentially in a space talking with a provider in the counseling center or with a health education facilitator in the well um, about their autonomy, about their intentions, about the choices that they want to be making for themselves um, and the goals that they have for themselves and allowing some of that to kind of all come together in a way that helps them connect the dots for themselves. So when I'm talking with students about reflections, I often describe it as students come in to meet with me and they have all the pieces of a puzzle that is their experience, that is their life, that their goals, their hopes for themselves. And um, we really strive to offer a space where we can allow them to see all of those pieces of the puzzle and put them together in a way that provides some clarity that allows them to see the big picture. So I would encourage students to continue learning about the resources for support on campus and taking advantage of those.
2: Thank you. You're right. There really is so much available for students, and it's just nice to be, you know, part of this uh, JMU community and be able to see the growth that can happen while someone's here on campus. Magley, I'd like to come back to you. We've talked about self-care and I know there are just so many practices that can contribute to self-care that have a variety of ranges. What do you think are some common things that folks find helpful that maybe meet some different areas of wellness?
0: Yeah, um, it's hard because I do think self care is so individualized um, that it's hard to to maybe name common self care strategies um, that would fit everyone. Um, and at the same time, um, I think what will often come up is either uh, practicing. Mindfulness, so being more in tune to the present moment. And that can take uh, different forms, uh, whether it's mindfully taking a walk and paying attention to your surrounding, or paying attention to your breathing, um, mindfully practicing eating. Um, you know, those would get in touch with different wellness dimensions, um, even mindfully reading if you enjoy reading, things of that sort. Um, But, um, you know, I think what can be helpful for someone to figure out what self-care strategies that um, they would want to build their repertoire around, um, there's actually a great free resource that is um, a wellness assessment that they can download. um, And... Mindy, um, maybe I can send this to you um, later um, so that they have the exact uh, link, Um, but it assesses different wellness components um, and then they can look at which areas are they doing better in and which areas are they struggling more and then focus on that specific area um, and make it feel more concrete, because um, sometimes we may think we are rocking the self-care strategies, um, and but we're still feeling tired or not doing, not feeling our best self, um, and it may be that emotionally we are doing great in terms of the self-care practices, but we don't have a good sleep hygiene, um, and, and so um, that's maybe where we would need to bulk up.
2: Sounds like that's a tool that could be helpful for folks and we'll be happy to include that uh, with the information for this podcast. I've noticed, I thought I could go by FABs, but I really am Mindy now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, lesson learned, still like FABs, but that that's a flash from the ba- past for myself. Um, it, this is kind of something just pulling it all together what if any special considerations may folks need to consider in regards to self-care, specifically in the time we find ourselves in the COVID-19 pandemic?
0: Um, I think what what I wanna um, want everyone in our JMU community to hear is that it's normal and it's really easy um, during times of high stress and uncertainty for self-care to go out the window. Um, that we try and be almost overly productive or um, engage in a lot of activities um, that distance ourselves from the scary or painful emotions. Um, and to know that you're not alone if that's what's happened to you, um, but you can get that self care back into your day to day routine. Um, it may take a little bit of work though, and it it can feel like there's not enough energy or time in the day um, to make that a priority. Um, But I hope you hear um, from this podcast that um, if you do prioritize self-care, you'll start feeling better and increase that energy um, in other areas of your life. And so it does pay in the long run um, to make that a priority. Thank you, that is
2: definitely important to to keep in mind for this. Um, I'd like to start with Paige on this one. Uh, With everything we've discussed today, what is something you want our listeners to take away or how could they apply what we've talked
1: about today? I'm I'm thinking of um, kind of perhaps in follow-up to what we just said that this is a time where we all need to extend a little grace to one another. um, And That includes doing that for ourselves as well. And so um, being patient and being kind um, and reminding ourselves that we're all navigating unknown. Um, And so continuing to think about resources, support, um, relationships. Um, I'm I'm thinking right now of a researcher and an author who I admire, Brené Brown, And um, I often have found myself recently, you know, talk to yourself as you would someone you love. Um, And so I think, you know, that kind of a reminder, those things that resonate most with an individual that can ground them and can help them come back to a place of compassion for themselves and for others um, and can help bridge to resources for support can be essential right now. So empowering that in ourselves and when we have an opportunity, empowering that in our friends and those who we, who we care about.
2: I love that Brene Brown quote. It's actually in front of me on my bulletin board in my office.
0: (laughs) Um, Anything for you, Magley, that you'd like to share? Uh, I think Paige said it so well. Um, And Everyone at the Counseling Center are huge fans of Brene Brown. So it's also one of our favorite uh, quotes and um, techniques that we talk about um, a lot. Um, But yeah, I hope that everyone listening um, can just hold on to that self-care is not selfish um, and it is needed. Um, And don't be afraid to try new things and see what sticks for you. I think that that is sound Sound
2: wisdom there. Okay, you don't have to give this an in depth answer, but we do have kind of some wrap up questions. What advice would you give to your undergrad self, maybe pertaining to this topic, or more generally, if
0: you'd like? I think the area of self-care that I still struggle with to this day is making cooking fun and nutritional. So I wish I could go back to my undergrad self and be like, learn how to make cooking fun before uh, going to grad school.
1: (laughs) Even though I knew this question was coming, (laughs) I still don't feel quite prepared to answer it, I think of so much that I would like to go back um, and and tell myself, and, and I'm not sure that it would make much of a difference. <laughs> but but I, I I remember feeling very focused on wanting to belong, and. Trying to navigate what that meant and trying to determine what was expected of me in my college culture, what kind of the, the social norms were, um, and how I would be perceived if I went along with what I believed to be the norm, or if perhaps um, I did not, if I challenged or, or did something differently. And so I think I would want to just go back and, and, if at all possible, remind myself to just be authentic.
2: I like that. I, I think both of yours I, I, I would use <laughs> for my undergrad self um, in reflection. Okay, we have just a fun question. Whatever comes to your mind for this, please share with our audience. Who would play you in a movie about your life?
1: Oh, I got it. Right off the bat. Um, Reese Witherspoon. I am
0: so at a disadvantage because I am so bad with names. I never know (laughs) actresses' names or actors. (laughs) Um, So it it, may take a while. Well, as
2: Magley thinks about that, um, oh, geez, I'm not sure, but when I was posed this question before, I said Jenna Coleman because she's awesome. She could play the younger me for sure.
0: Who's the actress who played Juno? Is that a
2: a good answer? (laughs) So, so Ellen Page. There you go. I will choose her. (laughs) Well, great. Uh, Well, well, Dukes, that's all we have for this episode. Thanks so much for listening and check back next, next Wednesday for an episode on STIs and safer sex supplies. If you have any questions for us, you can find our email in the episode description or message us on social media at JMU Health Center. Maggie, what is a social media link for counseling?
0: For Instagram, it's JMUCC underscore canines. And for Facebook, it's JMU Counseling Center. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. Well, folks, consider
2: taking time today to relax and recharge. Be
0: well, Dukes. If you're listening to this episode for Health 100, your passcode is REFLECTIONS.